Blog Talk Radio. Fans and uh, welcome to a uh, special edition of uh, TNT. Um, last Wednesday, I was getting ready to uh, record the voiceover for the uh, new intro, and all of a sudden, in our uh, little message room, three words popped up, and at that point, everything was just was just absolutely shot. Those three words were Harley Race Tide. No. Katie, you got background noise there. That's okay, I thought I turned here. it down enough. I guess I didn't turn it down enough. There we go. <laughs> sorry. Oops. Oh, sorry, sorry. No. Um I mean we you know we knew when the announcement that uh, he was battling lung cancer came about that uh, he probably wasn't going to be around too much longer. But uh, um, I think that last turning point was when they were on the way to uh, Tennessee where he could do that uh, appearance at that convention, um, the one that uh, Jim Cornette uh, turned down and that mm-hmm. and she wound up having a situation where he had to be taken to the hospital um, I mean like I say you knew you knew it was you knew it was coming mm-hmm. but still you know it it hits you. It hits you like a like a ton of bricks when the word actually comes down. Um, I saw the uh, video that our good friend Bill After put up, and I didn't see. Bill, uh, poor Bill. Poor Bill looks looked really haggard. I mean, he yeah. and Harley were very good friends. Um, mm. So this one, this one definitely, all of them that have happened, it's it's really hit him, and that. Um, yeah, but Harley, Aunt Harley was only seventy six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No. I don't care um, what anybody says about that. Only seventy six. Only. Right. Well, the thing is this, and I'm and I'm going to say this. I know that. You might not be happy, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the lecture out there because I actually remember um, I hung up backstage at uh, WCW right uh, before I started my in ring career, and mm. that was at the point where uh, 
Parley was uh, managing uh, Leon White, Big Van Vader. And so as I'm walking around backstage uh, while the while the matches are going on, Harley and Leon are uh, sitting there watching through the curtain, and Harley Harley had a cigarette in his hand. Um, Harley Harley smoked like a chimney. I'm you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about it. Okay. <laughs> now the reason that oh, Harley Race is yeah, well, there's been dead hockey today. Players. There's been right. hockey players that, that have been told they couldn't smoke in the tunnel. And they're like, yeah, no smoke, no going. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well. I mean, you know, I mean, Harley, Harley smoke, Harley, Harley race would probably be alive today if he didn't smoke like a chimney. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to call, I'm going to call it straight out. So if you're, if, if you're caught up with that habit, um, Yo, as, yeah, as I'm smoking right now, quit. yeah, it is time to quit. I've got, I've got vapes and everything. Just, yeah, gotta well, get someone to stop buying cigarettes. A, it's still not a perfect substitute because that has nicotine Actually, in it okay. too. I'm gonna, okay, all right, all right, and and I'm gonna stop you right there, as as the Canadian Addiction Research says, and I have been there to quit smoking. There are no adverse effects of nicotine to your body. Tobacco is what kills you. It is the delivery system, not the nicotine. It has absolutely no adverse effects to your body. So if you still want to, you still want to have some nicotina, you can have some nicotina. I'm sorry. See, that comes see, straight uh, from the Canadian uh, mental, the Canadian Mental Health and Addiction Research Hospital. And I'm going to listen to them before I listen to you. Sorry. Well. I get like my research because it's not I get, I get my re- well. I get my research from the Centers for Disease Control here in Atlanta, Georgia. That's and nice. Mine's for addiction. Mine's for addiction. Well, that's what they you. say. Nicotine is an addictive drug, and the that's why that that's does. why we have those yeah. warnings here in the states. Yep. Well, it is an addictive drug. Yes, I've it got, is, but. You're acting. You're acting like it's going to give yeah. you heart disease or kidney disease or any or other things too. And no, it just isn't. What gives you the lung cancer and the other smoking-related cancers is the delivery system, not the nicotine. It is what they put well, in the tobacco. It is the chemicals that they put in the, into, into the tobacco, which includes, among others, formaldehyde. So, trust me, I've studied up. Well.
Pat actually was on camera um, last uh, last Monday um, in the aftermath of the uh, Roman Reigns uh, car collision segment. Mm-hmm. So, um, so now as far yeah. now as far as WrestlePro, um, WrestlePro will still go on. Um, Kevin Matthews, uh, formerly with uh, Impact Wrestling, will be now the uh, owner and uh, person in charge. So, hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very interesting. So. So that's a big one. Um, oh, a big one. better need to need to make a uh, quick note and a uh, uh, quick mea culpa here. Um, Hugo Savinovich will mea culpa. I don't know what that's, that means. That's, um, that's, Latin, that's Latin for uh, my fault. Well, dude, I don't know Latin. Latin's a dead language. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I wish I learned it, but I didn't. Okay, he's, hey. he's whatever you said, something Menacotta. Well, Menacotta is Mea culpa. Okay, Mea culpa. Okay. Yeah. What you said. Yeah. Not, 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 not my cup of noodles, Mea culpa. <laughs> Mea culpa. Mea culpa. But, okay. Uh, All right. But anyway, oh. people, do not message any of us while we're on the air, please. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Oh, or, or we I will, will call, call you, you out on air. I will name you. I will name you. Yes. My my headset yes. is not plugged into my computer, so if Steve hears a ding, he knows somebody's trying to disturb me. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. Let's, okay. Okay. <laughs> Just her I'm on and air. that's you. And that's you messaging. So stop it. No, she dinged me. I didn't do shit. <laughs> I do nothing. I'm being a good girl. We made a rule that if, unless unless we're on a break or whatever, please try not to message me because yeah, that that's like messaging me while I'm watching wrestling. I have to look away and then I miss something. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Well. Um... <sighs> So we'll, okay. So we'll go ahead right. and uh, this, this this one's allowed. Okay, Sean says power just came back on, so I'm I'm allowed to I'm allowed to look at that message. Okay. 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 All, All right. right. So it says ten to fifteen. All right. Yep. Because he's got because he's got to reboot and that. Yeah. Um, Veet So. Okay. Well. Uh, We'll go ahead and we'll uh, we'll hit up with a uh, little bit of uh, news out of all elite. Um, yeah, and, yeah, the, until yeah, until Sean's finished shaving his mangina. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, the uh, poster for All Out has been released, and. In the center of the poster is uh, Chris Jericho and Hangman Page. Um, on there also is uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, uh, Cody, Sean Spears, Young Brooks, Lucha Brothers, and a whole lot more. Um, 
and you can actually buy your own copy right now. Um, it's oh, an 18 by 24 right poster. Yes, oh, you can you can up? buy it. You can buy it either at uh, Shop AEW or um, over at uh, my friends over uh, here in Chicago at Pro Wrestling Tees. Oh, wicked! No. That'd be cool. Oh yeah, and uh, wait till wait till you wait till you see this poster. It is definitely you're gonna have to love them. Cool. But I want to see it. I want to see it. So I don't care. All right. Well, show. I'll tell you what. I'll uh, I'll pop I'll pop the link and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, you're just gonna you know, you're gonna have to deal with the picture. Yeah, I'm looking at. And I'm going to look at it on on my phone because my phone's quicker booting up for some reason because, well, my dinosaur laptop, yeah, it can only, two, it can only have two tabs open at once. It's being a shit. <laughs> it just is. Oh, crash, damn it. Uh, all right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for uh, Facebook to finally show it show up, and then I'll uh, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna give you the Twitter link for it. <laughs> the Twitter link, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'll never and be speaking on of and and, spe- and speaking of and speaking of Twitter and Chris Jericho. Oh my gosh! Well, you saw oh. you saw that thing I posted I posted up uh, earlier this morning to you know to you guys and that I might have I had a bad morning I'm sorry <laughs> had a yeah. rough morning folks yeah yeah nothing a monster no. Not, nothing a monster energy drink didn't cheer I'm sorry it's cool ah. uh, so um, so anyway. Um, uh, came out and said that he could beat the you-know-what out of Chris Jericho. The shit. I'm the designated spare for Steve, so, people, people know. All right, I'm going to so, go look at it on my phone, anyway. motherfucker. Okay. Yep. Lovely. Yep. Load, load, load. Thank you. Load some more. I don't want any Twitter. So, I'm not signing up. Let me see. Okay, merch. Oh, that's a poster and a half. That yeah. is. That's a poster and a half. I really, I really like that. That is. It's nice. Billy, I'll send it to you so you can see it too. Okay. I'll send it right to Billy so he can look at it. He says, okay. <laughs> so, All right. so, anyway, so, anyway, um, so, anyway, this morning, um, Chris Jericho um, did a massive, massive troll. On, on Jericho, or on uh, on Riddle. Okay. Mm-hmm. He 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 went he went and he put on a uh, a uh, you know, bandana, 
with a cut-off flannel shirt and Pose took, you know, he, he started out with Profile and then Jericho, you, you've seen this thing. Oh, I my sent God, you the link to it. No, you sent me he, a link. You sent me a link to a poster. No, earlier today we sent that. you the link. Okay. We sent oh, you the link to the Jericho. Okay, well, did you send it to me or did you send it to the chat? I sent it to the chat so that you could both look well, at it. Well, you know what that means. That means i got to go all the way through the freaking chat and freaking find it. For freak's sakes. Oh, the, the poster, the glue poster? GCW? Huh? Fight 3? Is it? Well, because you sent a few things. No. Okay, no. For the show. Jer- Jer- but Jericho posted... Jericho posted this. Oh, got it, got it, minor got it, got it, got it. Yep. I, I got Minor league, okay. Minor I'll league wannabe bros are funny. Hashtag super king of schmoes at Riddle, North Carolina. And he minor gives his stupid grin and crosses his eyes. I mean, I mean, this thing is, this this is absolutely hilarious. And I'm going to look at it. It's it's classic Jericho. I mean, classic Jack, yeah. Bravo, Chris. Bravo. I mean, I mean, seriously, seriously, you won the you won the interwebs with that one. Yeah. I mean, why? I saw it. I mean, no, I mean, I mean seriously, he he makes he makes Riddle uh, look just absolutely pathetic. <laughs> and, and that hilarious. I mean, I mean that I mean that look, especially when Jericho uh, crosses his eyes. Yeah. yeah. I'll agree. It was funny. <laughs> I mean, that's Jericho. Oh, holy cow! I mean, that I that is that is just seriously, ow, too funny. That is too stinking. Funny, I mean. Mhm. I agree. Al, oh, gotta love that. Absolutely, got to, got to love that one. And got now, to love you. Uh, got to love you. Got to love you. Got to love you. Yeah. Go ahead. So, all right. Well, uh, continue, continuing on. Okay. Um, now, of course, uh, we already know the. Uh, um, Debut episode of uh, AEW on TNT is uh, is sold out for um, October second, and so today earlier um, the locations for weeks two and three um, were announced on on AEW and uh, TNT's uh, social media. Um, October 9th, All Elite Wrestling will be in Boston, um, 
at the Aganis, Aganis Arena. And then the third episode, October 16th, will be in Philadelphia at the uh, Lyakura Center. So tickets, <sighs> tickets will go on sale very soon. I have a, speaking of tickets. I have a feeling I mean, in the next week. Speaking of tickets, yeah. remember when we had Bernie on? We had Bernie on last week, right? Yeah. And she was talking about a right. couple, couple things that Smash, Smash Wrestling was putting together this weekend, and she right. mentioned an entire women's card, including Shotzi right. Blackheart, Jordan Grace, and a lot of others. Guess what? Yeah, sure. Okay, right. I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing this for you, for Sean. Well, for me too, but for the station. I'm going to be there for 11 a.m. for a meet and greet, so you better be loving me. <laughs> Saturday, on a Saturday morning. On a Saturday morning, Steve. <laughs> hey. i got to go downtown. i got to be at Young and Eglinton for freaking 11 a.m. I'm meeting up with Bernie. So, yeah. Yep. Um, I'll be there, That's and true. I'll be front row. I'll do my best with pictures because, yeah, well, moving people are hard to take pictures of. But, yeah, um, Oh, it's Tyson, I know. It's, it's, it's Tyson, yeah, and Tyson, okay, and it's Tyson Dukes who's going to be there, and he has a lot to do with Smash Wrestling now. So, because I didn't do, I should have did the meet and greet when Tessa Blanchard was at the last Smash thing that I went to, and I didn't, so I didn't get to meet Tessa. But I got to see Jeff Cobb that night as well. So I'm going to be there early, and well. <laughs> Bernie's best friend yeah. with Tyson Duke, and she also has two promotions that she does in Toronto as well, and she does a lot for Smash Wrestling. And like when when you go to Smash Wrestling and you ask Bernie to get you tickets, she has her own corner of the arena, basically, of basically like a good I don't know thirty forty people of her own that she's brought her entourage. Okay, uh-huh. so just remember, this is the person that got me the awesome tickets to go and meet. Going mean Steamboat, right? And I was in the front row, four seats away from Steamboat. Okay, sure, there was maybe there, there was maybe one person in between those seats, and I wanted to go sit next to him and watch the match. But yeah, I probably would have peed myself, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was right in front of me. He was special enforcer that night too, so he was right he was right in front of me too. It was funny. The guy he knocked out. I stood over the guy and said, "You got knocked the fuck out." <laughs> So yeah, I had a lot of I have a lot of fun when I go to Smash. Actually, that was Greek Town, but Smash is is just as good. So yeah, it's gonna be a fun weekend. What the hell am I gonna wear? <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah, but I can get our name. I can get our brand out there. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you sound like. Ah, shit! All of a sudden you sound like crap. You sound awful. Yeah. No, no. You sound like a fax machine. You sound like a fax machine. Okay. Um, I'm I'm mute. I'm gonna. I I have to mute you. I have to mute you. Just can't go on. You're hurting people's ears. Quite sorry, wrestling fans. I messaged him, made sure he knows he sounds like a fax machine. He is now hung up, and he will be calling back. So now you get to deal with me. He'll be back in like 
uno uno momento por favor so um let's see I am going you know what hmm I'm gonna play a three a three minute and twenty nine second song right now there we go I just picked one at random so there hey play mother chucker play okay <laughs> take two come on play 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 <laughs> this is not cool
All right, and we are back, and uh, everything is back up to normal. So, all right, uh, going over some, going over some uh, quick uh, G1 uh, climax, um, night uh, 29 in uh, in okay. the uh, non-tournament matches. Uh, Shota Umino and Ren Narita defeated uh, Toa Hanare and uh, Yuyu Uimura. Um, Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, and Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Sonata, Evil, and Bushi. And the way they did this was um, they built the match around uh, Sonata doing most of the selling, um, acting like he was uh, battling the uh, effects of having gone nearly 30 minutes with Okada the night before. Um, and then after then after the match was over, um, Archer went after Sonata, and uh, they fought all the way to the back. Um, then the uh, Bullet Club, uh, represented by uh, Bad Luck Foley, uh, uh, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens, defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, and... Uh, Tomoaki Honma, um, and then uh, Kozukicha Okada, Will Osprey, and Yoshihashi defeated uh, Kenta, Clark Connors, and Carl Fredericks with uh, Yoshihashi getting the win. Um, then they uh, went on into the tournament matches, uh, starting out with the uh, B-block match with uh, Tomohiro Ishii defeating uh, Toru Yanu in a uh, total time of 9.36, uh, and uh, they had uh, Yano playing really dirty, uh, exposing two of the buckles before the opening bell, sending Ishii into both of them, and then uh, doing the old hockey thing, pulling his shirt over his head. Oh, yeah, um, hockey beat. I've done that. I've totally done that. I have totally yeah. done that. I had this chick walk into my house, slap me in my face, and she was wearing a long sleeve. And, uh, yeah, I pulled it up over her head, and right against the Wendell Clark poster, I, um, yeah, went all Wendell Clark on her ass. (laughs) Yeah, because you you pin the arms. You pin the arms that can't see nothing. It's depending on how how much of the jersey or shirt that you're using is how much damage you're able to do before they get out of it. Right, right. It's just as important. Um, yep. And uh, Ishii, uh, Ishii winning after uh, using the brain buster. Um, nice. Then, uh, then uh, Taichi defeated uh, Juice Robinson, another B-block match, uh, 12-29 uh, total time on that one, um, with uh, Taichi uh, using uh, Black Mephisto to uh, get the uh, pinfall. Um, Hiroki Goto defeated Jeff Cobb. 11 minutes and uh, 20 seconds. Um, Damn. Yep. Cop uh, uh, tried to uh, hit uh, Goto with the tour of the islands. Um, Goto reversed it into a uh, Ushigoroshi and then uh, hit the uh, GTR for the pin. Now, this one um, surprises me. Jay White defeats John Moxley. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
And then, um, and then uh, uh, Tetsuya Naito defeated uh, Shingo uh, Takaji in uh, 27-15. Um, and uh, that one, uh, uh, Naito uh, won by using the uh, um, Destino. Now, uh, the standings so far... Um, on the A block, uh, Kazukichi Okada is on top with 12 points, um, and he holds the tiebreaker over Kenta and has yet to face uh, both Evil and Ibushi. Um, Ibushi is in second with uh, 10 points. He also holds the tiebreaker over Kenta and has yet to face Okada. Um, Evil um, has tied for third with Kenta. Um, Evil holds a tiebreaker over Ibushi, has yet to face Okada. Um, and then uh, Kenta is the last one to make the cut, holding the tiebreaker over Evil. Um, Tanahashi, Sonata, Saber, Archer, Osprey, and Fale. Fale are all eliminated. Um, in, the, in the B block, um, John Moxley is uh, right now on top with uh, 10 points, Jay White, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto, and Tetsuya Naito all have eight points. Um, and then to uh, round out the bottom three, Juice Robinson, Toro Yano, and Jeff Cobb with six. Um, <coughs> Taichi by, by virtue of uh, um, who he's lost to, although he had six points also, was eliminated. And uh, Takagi... Shingo Takagi had only four points, so he was also eliminated. So um, that's so that is everything uh, up to up to the moment on uh, yeah. on G one and and back from shaving his mangina, Sean. Yes, I am. <laughs> is it smooth? Uh, honey, it's smoother than a baby's bottom. Let me tell you. Oh my god! Um, well, yeah. I, I really didn't. I really didn't want to go there. I say that too, man. When I shave my legs, I say it's smoother than a baby's bottom. Okay, and nobody else. Yeah, no, know what I'm not talking about that. I'm talking. I'm talking about uh, shaving the other. Well, like, so what? Everybody, hey man. Hey man, not oh, girls are the only ones that shave. Men, men manscape, and it's a big thing. Okay, it's a big thing, there, especially for the summertime. <laughs> there is actually something that Jim Cornette put over on his uh, program a couple Very weeks good. ago. So uh, uh, for that, it's uh, manscape.com. You can use the code JCE <gasps> and get fifteen percent off to See, make all of your so. parts. Uh, to make all of your parts. Um, smooth and lickable and, and all of that. There's a special razor. There's a special electric trimmer uh, designed for that and special scissors and all of that from manscaped.com. So if you're looking to um, smooth your front region that may look a little bit uh, like uh, Tarzan swinging through the jungle, manscaped.com. Is that all all small caps? Mm Mm-hmm. All lower letters. And they also have... So, 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 so here we are. We're not getting... 
not getting paid for this, but we're advertising this thing. Seriously. There's an actual barber shop that does it too, eh? Okay. I saw that on Facebook. Next. We know you got to move on because we're going to go into pink pubes and, and Uncle Hugo's on his way. We're just not having it because if, if he's in there waiting and he has to hear any more, any of that, just not having it, man. Because he could be here in like 24 minutes. He could be any. He could be here in like three seconds or 24 minutes. So yeah, next. <laughs> well, it'll be yeah. It'll, okay. Well, it'll be about 24 because uh, right now no he's uh, doing his uh, he's doing his uh, smash uh, SmackDown uh, report for uh, his uh, um, Spanish language uh, Lucha World site. Oh, good. Um, good. The other thing that this place has just just because it's interesting, is anti-chafing ball deodorant. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Do do they have anti-chafing gel for men who run for their nipples? I I, I don't know. But it's it's manscaped.com. It's uh, it's a whole set that you can get uh, for about 80 bucks, and it's got the electric... Uh, trimmer and the actual razor and the toner and refresher and the ball deodorant and oh, both bowls. Ball deodorant. <laughs> oh my and God. the, the uh, disposable mat and uh, a nice little leather carrying bag. You No, you have not lived until you've heard Jim Cornette put this over. He put this over for like 20 minutes. <laughs> And we will not play it on this show. Oh, yes, we fucking will. (laughs) No, no. He just said it's 20 minutes. Hold on a second. Hold on. We don't have to say it's the whole thing. We don't have to take 20 minutes. We don't have to play the whole thing. We can, okay? We don't have to play the whole whole thing. And you're overruled because it's two votes to one. So, oh, man, you know. Um, We're going to go to some (laughs) other breaking news now. Uh, I don't know that any other wrestling uh, company has ever had their own beer, but there's a company in Wisconsin called Mondo Lucha that has their own beer now. Mondo Lucha. It is introducing Mondo Lucha Lager. We are excited to announce a collaboration with Milwaukee's own Mobcraft Beer on creating a cold and refreshing beer dropping August 17th. Stay tuned for more yeah. details. Um, yeah. It looks so like Rough Crossing craft is craft on craft. this, um, on the can. There's a couple other guys, uh, luchadors on the can. I don't know who they are. Um, one looks like That's Space cool. Monkey, Eric Cannon, Rough Crossing, um, and it, it, it's not tagging all the others. Well, but, it, needs uh, come, yeah. it needs to come to our distillery district where it can open a restaurant with a microbrewery and let people have some. Because, yeah, we literally have a district where it's microbrewery restaurants. No shit. Um, at, one, at one point, Rough Crossing did work for the RWF. So uh, congratulations to him for getting his face on the beer. Um, that's super cool. That's like, that is I don't cool. know, that's a cool achievement, man. Who else can say they got their face on a can of beer? Uh, not, not a lot of people. Me. Not me. Gord Downey of the, of the Tragically Hope. Yep. And uh, while we've got some time to spare, I'm going to do this. So give me one minute. Holy crap. What are you crapping about now? 
Hello? Hello? We we lost Steve. He holy crapped and went away. <laughs> he holy crapped himself and I'm right Hello, I'm right, I'm right here. And you holy crapped yourself and went quiet. <laughs> right. it's like, it's like, well, come on, we know you're old well, and all. We know you're old. We're like sixty-two hey, now. Okay. Oh, remember, remember who? Uh, um, we all we all dumped on for uh, sending out uh, naked pictures that uh, he got caught doing it. Seth. Somebody. Seth Rollins. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. And his millimeter Peter. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, yeah, girls, girls and boys. DJ, he has no penis. DJ Braun, who yeah. is the ex-husband of um, Caitlin, he, according to according to um, allegations that he has made on a uh, podcast called the Delray Misfits, he is saying that Seth Rollins was sending explicit pictures to her while she was oh, still married to him. Wow. Uh, it says, it says, he says, I'll tell you who I effing hate. I hate Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was sending while I was still married. I'll call her my ex-wife. Naked pictures of himself getting out of the shower and bleep. I saw well, hold it one on a day. Second. Okay, hold on. A, I'm going to stop you right there. You know what? <laughs> he wouldn't be selling them if she wasn't asking, sending them if she wasn't asking for them. Well, I, well hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, she was like, that's just who he is. He's a flirty guy. He got in trouble for having his thing out on Twitter or something like that. I'm like, he knows you are he knows that you are married. What the F is going on? If I ever got my hands on him, I would have ripped his effing arms off. He's just a little and uh he used the P word. So Well and and, and Seth's at Seth's ex outed all those pictures too of Seth being naked and shit. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. We all know. We all know. Yeah, that's showing. Yeah, but now that this one's come out, I wonder. Uh, I wonder. I wonder what Becky will have to say about that. Well, it wasn't when while well, they were together. So, so I don't think that, she's gonna care. That, well, Irish women. Well, Irish well, women well. don't give a shit. Whatever happened before you were with us, as long as you stop it happening, we're going to let it go. But if you keep letting it happen, we're snapping your neck in two and your junk. Well, that's the point. You don't the, know nothing about, you don't know no. much about women. You know nothing about women. Well, no, no, no. The point, the point is now can now there, now there's got to be a trust issue because. Oh, please. His, she, because she, knows, she knows about it. It happened, listen, it came out, it came out that he was, his pictures came out while Becky was was in the WWE competing. Everybody knows about it. She knows about it. You actually think she's going to give a shit about it now? No, she's not. She won't care. 
be like, so you do it again, I'm snapping your dick in half. And that'll be the end, the long and the short, and the end of the discussion. All right. Becky well, doesn't I'll care. It's not. No. They've well, got, speaking you know, of it's old freaking Becky, news. Speaking of Becky and a few other people, um, there's been some, uh, there's been some, uh, information leaked out on uh, some of the uh, salaries that uh, got uh, re-signed. Um, Brock Lesnar re-signed a 12-month licensing and imaging rights contract for 500000 plus 100000 per appearance, 500000 per pay-per-view, and $1.5 million per Saudi show. And that deal expires in May of 2020. Um, AJ Styles re-signed for five years for $1.5 million per year, doubling his last deal, plus bonuses for 150 dates in years one and two and 100 dates a year thereafter and dates do not have to be distributed evenly, expires April of 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Strowman resigned for four years for a guaranteed $1.2 million per year plus bonuses, and that deal expires in uh, July of 2023. Um, Daniel Bryan resigned for three years for $1 million per year plus bonuses, for only 120 dates per year, and the standard <laughs> dates is 180. Oh my so God! Year year on the road. Um, Becky Lynch <coughs> renegotiated a five-year deal signed in July 2018 from $500,000 per year, which was a, already a raise from $200,000 per year. Um, to $1 million per year plus bonuses. Now, this deal is equal to the deal that Charlotte Flair got in April of 2016 and Ronda Rousey got in January of 2018, although Rousey's deal was only for 50 days per year with 50000 per additional ex- appearance. And uh, Becky's contract expires in July of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, well, don't re-signed for one year for $900,000 per year for 120 dates per year and $500,000 per Saudi show. Um, yeah. And that pays for his now, ring attire. Yep. Now, that pays for, pay for his ring attire, his you know, hair bleach, yeah. and his, and yeah, his hair straightened. Exactly. Right. Now, the guy who got screwed in this whole deal is Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, man. I don't want to hear that. Shinsuke, Shinsuke re-signed for three more years for the same salary of $750,000 <laughs> that he's already getting. Three. And that expires in April of 2022. He should go the back Uso, to the Yeah. The Usos that. for five no. years for <laughs> $750,000 per year, and that's a $350,000 pay raise. And that expires in May of 2024. And then uh, 
Gallows and Anderson re-signed for five years at um, 700000 a year, which is a $200,000 pay raise, and that expires in April of 2024. Wow. But, hey, uh, if, I'm, if I'm Shinsuke Nakamura, seriously, I'm, I'm, firing, my, I'm firing my agent because, I mean, you're, you, you sit there and you make – and and you signed for three more years for the same amount that you've already been getting. I mean, seriously, what is what is wrong with you? Holy I hear you. God. What the hell? Well, you know what? It's it's, it's hockey salaries, you know. But I agree. There's got to be a cap. There should be a cap, especially with Daniel Bryan getting a million dollars for 123 appearances a year. If if not, I understand he's his dad and all, and I understand he needs no, money but for his I'm wife. Saying. But his wife has two two things of revenue coming in. She's got the wine, and then we've got the Birdie Bee um, clothing line. But she's also got her she's also got the kickbacks from her own merchandise as well. Okay. I mean, plus, Daniel uh, Bryan is great. Total Bella's yeah. TV series. Yeah, and, and the Bella's TV series. And, I mean, you know, like, like I, I understand. I, I get it. You know, you need, money is money is money is money is money. But just like I say about hockey players when they pull this shit, are you in it for the money or are you in it for the love of what you do? What is more important to you? Because he's still in his parents' house. Or did they move? can't remember but yeah I mean I understand he doesn't have such a big storyline anymore and he just had a nice big storyline where he made his own belt oh my god stone hemp belt yeah yeah with aquarium yeah. stones in it and everything but anyway like, I, yeah. I, I get it I get it he has put his body through a lot and he was off for three years or however long it was I can't remember how long it took for him to come back and Make more appearances, especially now that, that it said that, that Rowan was the one that that was seen on the scene where with Roman and everything that's been going on. So it's going to be that. There'll be hell to pay for that because, you know, Daniel Bryan probably has something to do with that as well. So, oh, okay, Katie. So it's going to get interesting. Gonna, all right, Katie, you're going to get out some more you're gonna to need to get out some more money. More money, money. What? What? Who's giving me money? What? No, you're <laughs> gonna to need to go. You're gonna to need to go to the bank and take out some more money, because they uh, right now. Well, uh, as soon as we get off the air, or sometime Why? between now and Thursday, because Why? Uh, <clears throat> because this Friday. Limited edition Converse Hitman shoes will be available at the Foot Locker. Okay, are you putting money in my account? At the 247 Yonge Street location. 247 Yonge Street location? Um, That means it'll take about 45 minutes to get there. I probably have to be there really fucking early. But the Hitman Heart shoes, they're not on the top of my priority list since they're pink and black and I can't stand pink. So that won't be happening. If he wore red and black, well, it would be that's they a got, story. Well, they got, well, 
and it's and and they and the uh, and the and side of the shoe was placed with Brett's picture, with the shades oh, on. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. They're they're cool looking. They are cool well, looking. They have high tops. <laughs> they're high tops. They are. They're cool. But it's yeah, probably yeah. pink on them. I don't. I won't wear anything pink. I just got a pair of nice purple fucking running shoes, and they've got pink on them and pink laces, and I can deal with the pink that's showing because I can dye that, but the laces got to go. I can't. I can't do pink. Well, my daughter was born, and they handed it to me wrapped in pink. The second they weren't looking, I reversed the blanket because it was blue on the other side. So I'm like, no. Mm-mm. And what's my daughter's favorite color? Pink. Mm. Yeah. I like pink. No, not pink clothing, anyways. There's other things that are pink that I like, but clothing isn't one of them. Or nail polish, or hair color, or lipstick or eyeshadow. There, I've covered everything. But, yeah, I'll just shut up now because I'm not saying what's good to pink. <laughs> there. Oh, earlier, oh, uh, not, oh, Chelsea Green posted this one yesterday. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Lance uh, Storm retweeted it. And it was about it was about it was about uh, um, somebody somebody asked her what's the worst date you've ever been on, and who uh, got asked? Who was asked? Chelsea Green. Okay, Chelsea Green. All right, I know that name. Okay. Okay, I'm all confused now. Okay, she says. I know who Chelsea Green is. Okay, one time I went on a date. Yeah. One one time I went on a date and after he dropped me off, I got locked out of my apartment. It was three AM oh. and I had to call my date to pick me back up and let me sleep over. In full hair and makeup. It was oh, that writer, so and then she mm-hmm. posted you know girl emoji and a heart emoji. Exactly writer helped out Chelsea Green. <laughs> Right on. Oh my. Oh. Yep. Yes. Um, we uh, there's been a lot to happen over the course of the last week in the world of pro wrestling. We're getting ready for All Out in just a couple weeks. Yeah, this Sunday, right. of course, is uh, well. This Saturday is Takeover Toronto, and then this Sunday is uh, SummerSlam. Yep. So, uh, we want to send our condolences to the family of John Cap, who was a wrestler and an actor, and uh, you know just somebody that uh, really helped the wrestling business and was a good actor. He was in some good movies, and um, you know this guy was like six foot eight. So, and who's this? John Cap. I know the name and I can't think of anything he's been in. Why I asked. Uh, he was he was on he was uh, ex pro wrestler, good brother, bad guy on TV and movies. Okay. Uh, let me see what he starred in. Let me uh, Google that. John. Should have that ready. He was in Claw, American Hell, Dollface, 
Art Baby and A Walk in the Woods. Um, awesome. But a lot of people from the wrestling world, let me see this, would know him from his days in WCW and his days in uh, the NWA for Amber Gallows. Um, Because he was the bodyguard for Amber O'Neill and Doc Gallows. I don't know if that was here in the States or in Japan. Uh, He was the bodyguard for Ravishing Rick Rude when Rick Rude was the heavyweight champion. So... um, And he got his first professional acting job from his old World Championship Wrestling boss, Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff. I think that's supposed to say Bischoff. It says Bishop. Yeah. I think that's wrong. Um, and his daughter, Dakota. But, or no, he got, he got his job from the Bishops on Wii Network, Big Easy Bride. So um, this guy was part of the wrestling business and uh, you know unfortunately we didn't only lose him over the weekend we lost Harley Race and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everybody I've been pressing promoters to book Harley Race for probably the past 10 years because I knew that there wasn't a lot of time for that man left and uh, the thing about Harley to me is if you bring him into your company you add prestige to your company you can say that you've had the best of the best in your company and um, I don't know what that noise is but hopefully we can find out um, anyway Harley was uh, man I, I heard so many stories about Harley from uh, Big Daddy who had worked with Harley um, down in that region and uh, let me tell you Harley was tough Harley was as tough as they come um, I think there's a story Uncle Sam told a good story about how tough he was. I remember that. <laughs> told a bunch of good stories about Hurley. My favorite was the one he told when they rolled. Harley Race rolled two huge thumb-sized joints. Okay, so about a gram of joint. All right? And him, Jake, and Sam went out to the bar. And Harley being Harley, got nice and wasted, got nice and high, picked a fight, beat the shit out of the whole bar. Well, Jake and Sam went and hit underneath the table, and the manager of the bar says, says uh, you better either run out of here or let him find you because he is tearing the shit out of my bar. <laughs> Looking um, for you. <laughs> right. They're hiding underneath the, the table. <laughs> uh, there are some other things that uh, Harley was noted for that did get him some heat with some uh, wrestling companies back in the day. I'm going to tell everybody about this. Uh, let me see if I can find it. There it is. Race participated in the 1999 NBC special Exposed, Pro Wrestling's Greatest Secret. His face was covered to conceal his identity as he broke kayfabe and discussed the inner workings of the business. Race's autobiography, King of the Ring, The Harley Race Story, um, was released in 2004, and uh, along with Ricky Steamboat and Les Thatcher, uh, the mm-hmm. professional wrestling workout and instructional guide for professional wrestlers. So uh, this man started wrestling 
Uh, it says in 1960. Um, and, you know, that's... Uh, he was 18. He was 18 when he started. So, um, wow. obviously, um, you had his... You had his uh, allegiance to the American Wrestling Association from 1965 to 86. From 1970 to 84, he was part of the National Wrestling Alliance. From 86 to 89, he had a stint in WWF. Um, He was in WCW from 90 to 95. Um. Awesome. Yep. And then, obviously, he is, uh, was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2007 by Dusty Rhodes, um, I believe, unless I misread that. Um, he had two promotions, Heart mm-hmm. of America's Sports Attractions from 1973 to 1986. Race lost over $500,000 as an owner of the Kansas City Territory. And despite his championship years being in an end and wishing to retire from active competition, he was forced to rely on continuing to wrestle to make a living. He continued to travel in the United States and abroad and signed with McMahon in 86. So this was his first company. They lost 500, he lost $500,000 as a promoter in the Kansas City Territory. Wow. Um, and folks, you got to think about how long ago that was. Back then, a five hundred thousand dollars was like two million in, in yeah. you know, yeah. money. Yeah, right. Back yeah. then, right. I mean, that's that's an awful lot to lose. Um, he opened World Wrestling League in nineteen ninety nine. World League Wrestling. Uh, World League Wrestling. Uh, yes. Um, started in Eldon, Missouri. Um, and uh, in 2014, they relocated to Troy, Missouri uh, with his wrestling academy um, where the uh, race wrestling arena was built where they put on events every month. Um, this company just celebrated their 20-year anniversary, and um, unfortunately, Leland Race is... Um, Probably very distraught, but um, if anybody can carry his father's legacy, it's Leland Ray. Leland right. is one well, of the Leland, best. Right. Well, actually, Sean, Leland's been running the day-to-day operations of uh, WLW for the last several years, including the training school. So, right. Um, you know, yeah, probably for a while. And, and, I've wor- and I've worked with him a few times, uh, you know, here in uh, – here in Illinois, and uh, you know, super super nice kid. Um, you know, humble humble is all get out, and that um, you know he doesn't he doesn't sit there and let his name play into any any of this as far as you know getting himself over or anything like that. Um, right. You know, he always, um, he always does what's for the best of the show. Harley was inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame in 2013. 
He was inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2004 and then again in 2017 as part of the tag team with Larry the Axe Danny. Yep. 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 Back back in those days, he was called Handsome Harley Race and Pretty Mm -hmm. Boy Larry Hanning. He won Pro Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame in 1996. He won two Slammy Awards, Best Ring Apparel in 1987, and the Bobby the Brain Heenan Scholarship Award in 1987 with Haku, Andre the Giant, Hercules, and King Kong Bundy, the Heenan family. Um, This is a man (laughs) whose legacy will go on forever. And Jim Cornette uh, kind of talked about this in one of his uh, previous podcasts before Harley had died. He said, do you think people are going to go out there and remember a guy like Darby Allen for, you know, a Luthez or a Harley race quality match? And the answer to that question is no, you're not going to get that out of Darby Allen. In, in 40 right. years, people may not be talking about Darby Allen. But 40 years from now, they will be talking about Harley race. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. That's that's the uh, difference, uh, the times, and um, being a part of the territory days. He left a legacy that nobody can compete with. And um, I never met the man, but I, I I was always high. You know, I had promoters ask me over the years who should we bring in. Harley Race was always at the top of the list. Add prestige to your company, bring in Harley Race, have him do whatever he can, and and you know I, I everybody gave me the argument. Well, nobody will know who he is. It's fucking Harley Race. How the fuck does nobody know who Harley Race is? Every goddamn wrestling fan on the planet knows who Harley Race is. If they're a true wrestling fan, the new generation maybe not so much. But if you grew up in the 70s and the 80s and you watched wrestling, you knew who Harley Race was. Especially if you read the magazine. Because back then we had magazines. It's something that we don't have anymore. Because I, think so. I, love, I love the internet, but at the same time I hate it because it's ruined print media like magazines. And we don't have people like Bill After working for magazines anymore. Promoting or uh, promoting great material to help get the business over. We've got all these sites yeah. out here that think they know everything and they don't know shit. Well, um, you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff a lot of stuff changed as uh, our uh, as our friend Tim Hornbaker said when uh, cable TV uh, came in and uh, took over took over our airwaves. Well, and that had something the to do with the too, but changed. I, I think I think you know doing away with the magazines was a horrible idea because the only magazine you got left anymore is PWI 500, and people are paying to get the paying their way to get into that, which I think is ridiculous. If you're going to do PWI 500, have it be people that are going out and scouting talent all over the fucking world and make it something that means something again. Don't have well, it be every Tom, Dick, and Harry that'll send you 50 bucks and put their name in a fucking magazine. Right. Well, see, now, back, see now, of course, back in the day, uh, didn't have to pay for it. 
account, um, the way the way it the way it worked was um, we were we were reached out to as well as a number of other promotions, and you know, submit like you know four or five guys to uh, be to be in, you know included, and if everything looks good, we'll uh, we'll throw them in. So. Um, because Bill and the and the people over you know with uh, Stu Sachs knew who I was. They liked me. They hated Sam's guts, but uh, they liked me personally because I I would talk I would talk to them. Sam Sam felt Sam felt like uh, you know they should be reaching out to him. You know, and I'm the one who was sitting there. Doing all the PR work. I'm I'm the one who made Windy City Wrestling look good for the for the media, um, and that not to toot my own horn, but uh, honk honk, um, oh, and I and I got and I got word of that from uh, more than more than one person um, between between uh, between Stu Sachs, um, Wrestling Eye. Uh, main event, which those were all popular magazines uh, when I first started out in the industry. They're all like, "Yeah, we don't want to talk to Desiro. Desiro's an SOP. You, we like. If you no, give us you, the stuff, we like. Yeah, if you give us the stuff, we'll put it in. Um, oh, in fact, uh, in fact, when yeah, I, I, I was. Uh, Doing a bit where I was going to um, turn heel myself, um, I set I set up a I set up a little story about me being seen um, going into uh, the locker room of our of our big heel faction at the time, which was called the Brotherhood, and and that and that story went out in uh, in the Wrestler magazine. Well, and that's that's what I mean. You don't have that anymore. You don't have media platforms that are covering wrestling the way that they used to. You don't have me- forms of media that that are getting the word out there to where people are are involved and engaged. And unfortunately, because of the internet, people have access to what wrestling really is. And I know the curtain's been pulled back, but folks, I'm a firm believer in. Uh, Re-kayfabing the business, okay? You don't you don't walk up to every fan that's going to attend your wrestling show and go, uh, here here's tonight's result. Um, it's it's stupid. Uh, I think you know Cornette has said it best that you've got guys going out there and doing an angle, and then they'll get on Twitter and apologize to one another for it. That's stupid. Be a heel. The greatest heel in the world right now, and I don't care what anybody else says, is MJF. That yep. guy is going to be something big, but only if they use him right. They have to let him keep doing those classic promos. They have to let him keep being the MJF that everybody loves to hate, because if they don't, <clears throat> he's going to lose steam, and once he loses steam, he ain't going to get it back. Yeah. All right. Well, Sean, uh, time to uh, time to uh, go ahead and cut in. Our uh, guest for this evening has 
joined us. Um, oh, and yeah. I want to go ahead and I want to go ahead okay, and say I'm something. I'm going to refresh. Okay, that's, that's fine. Let me refresh my call. Why don't really you thought. go ahead and refresh the call real quick, Katie? And uh, I definitely I want to I want to say something right now about about this because um, I because I want I want this all over the wrestling media. I want this to um, all of our listeners as well. Um, Hugo Savinovich is the most gracious man in our industry. I love let me tell man. you about. Let me tell. Let me tell you about this. Okay. Um, we had, you know, we had gotten the word on uh, on Wednesday that uh, Harley had passed away. Um, we were talking amongst ourselves as to what uh, we wanted to do, whether you know, to do a tribute show on that. And um, one of the first Uh-oh. people that uh, came to mind was you guys. So on Friday I called. Now I knew, okay, Dick was tripping on me a weekend. And okay, and you're going you to start sounding like a fax machine. You go sit in the bitch. Am I clear now? No. Not really, no. Hello. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Go ahead and start. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of the greatest Spanish announcers that has ever been in professional wrestling, Mr. Hugo Savinovich. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello, sweetheart. It's been a while. Glad to have you back. Yes. Yes. Always good to talk to you guys. Uh, just came back from a tremendous Triple Mania 27 mm-hmm. show in Mexico. It was really, really good and uh, okay. very happy and getting ready to do Mexico again this weekend. And then the 31st, I'm doing Spanish play-by-play for All Elite Wrestling. That will be my second pay-per-view for them from Chicago, uh, all out. So, you know, good things are happening. Um, I want to Go ahead. Okay, Steve, you sound like crap. I'm sorry. I love you, but you sound like crap. Um, you sound like a fax machine. I, w- I want to <laughs> ask you, and you may not even be able to answer this question for us because of contractual obligations, but are you going to be doing uh, commentary on television for um, TNT when they air All Elite Wrestling uh, down in the Spanish market? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, uh, the reason why I could do the pay-per-views is because uh, even though I work for AAA, uh, Space TV is the one that has me under contract. Space TV is part of Turner Broadcasting System. So it's not breaking a contract when you're working for the same company. So uh, Cuddy, uh, Cuddy uh, Kenny, and the Young Bucks, we have such a good relationship uh, for many years. I, I know Cody before he even broke into business. His father was a great friend of mine. So there's a good mm-hmm. possibility, good possibility that I will be doing uh, the weekly shows on TNT, and I would love to do it because I believe that for somebody like me that loves them to do play-by-play, the product that they will be showcasing every week is going to be very, very good. Well, and I think, I think you're a great person to get it over 
because the fact of the matter is that um, some of their announcements, I, I, I don't mean to diss on them, but some of the pay-per-view announcers have not really been the greatest announcers that they can get with JR. Um, JR, you know, JR is in a league all of his own because oh, it's yeah. JR. Good old um, JR. But you've got to put somebody with JR like the king that he can feed off of yeah. and really yeah, get a dynamic yeah. team going. Yeah. And all elite yeah, chem- does chemistry. not have that. Chemi- right ke- yeah, chemistry is so important. It was like for 70 years I did the WWE uh, Spanish broadcast with Carlos Cabrera, and, and that was my job. Like my job was to be there, set him up, let him do his magic, and I will come in, boom, add to the action and let the magic flow and put over the – storylines and the action of the matches and, and Jim, JR needs that and it's, it takes a little while to click, but uh, that, that's been my job too. For many years in WWE I was in charge of uh, getting the new talent like the Russians the French guys, all, the, all these worldwide markets. There were guys that did soccer or boxing in those countries, but never did wrestling. So my job was to teach him the psychology of, uh, of the product and trust me it's not easy because you fall back into uh, old habits, and when you already have somebody like a Jim Ross, it's already a big challenge to just sit next to him. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's, 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 a huge, that's a huge statement that you made, Hugo, because you're sitting next to an announcer that, uh, in, in most wrestling fans' mind, uh, is one of the greatest around. Now, you have the WCW fans that will say that Mike Tanay is one of the greatest things around. I love Mike Tanay. I love Tony Schiavone. <laughs> I love Jim Ross. Oh, yes. Um, they all Ross. played their part into uh, telling some amazing stories that happened in some wrestling companies that we've had uh, in, the, in the recent and even in the past. Um, because Tanay, the way that the professor could relay some of the messages uh, that Mike Tanay could lay were just amazing. And then you, you had yes. Tony Schiavone with the shock value. I mean, the expressions on his face yes. always told the story. Yeah. And then when they, when they put Bobby the Brain Heenan with him, it was like, my God, you got Schiavone feeding off Heenan. And those two oh, were God, always yeah. at war. Um, and, then, and then you yeah. had J.R. and Jim Ross. And uh, J.R., Bar none, one of the greatest announcers that has ever uh, walked the face of the planet. Uh, I, I loved his commentary times. That in They were short in WWF, but the commentary that he did with uh, Jim Cornette was very good, even in WCW and WWF, because those two could tell the story. And that's what you've got to have with your announcer's booth, is two people that can tell the story and get the message across loud and clear, because if you don't have that, you can't convey the message, okay? When you're watching yeah, wrestling yeah. on TV um, or even a pay-per-view, you're not there live to get that experience. And what the announcer's job is to do, or at least what I was taught by the people that trained me to do announcing, was you were there. Your job, if it's going on a DVD or a television, is to make the people at home feel like they are there. And if you can't yeah, do you're, that, you don't yeah, need... Go ahead, yeah, you go. The story... The storytelling has to be uh, natural. It cannot. If the fans know you, 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 you're not real. If they, if they consider you're just getting a check. 
if they could sense that you you are not passionate about what you're doing, you're in trouble because you could be the greatest announcer, the greatest play-by-play, but if you don't get to the hearts of the fans, forget it. It's going to be a long night. Well, and, yeah. and the other thing is you've got to have passion on that microphone. If you don't have passion on that microphone, you, you don't belong on it. No, you don't. Um, I have been absolutely. teamed with announcers over the years and doing all the commentary that I've done, and I have had to carry some guys that they just pulled Didn't out of the parking clue. lot. And it's like, look, oh you can't, oh you can't really? teach psychology to a guy that is brand new on the product and just slap him in, in, in front of the announcer's table and call it good. You know, one of the first things I was taught when I was an announcer was steady up on tape. You've got to learn, you've got to learn when to react and how to react and when to use emphasis on certain things. Because if you can't do that, if it's, if you're talking in a normal tone and out all this stuff, um, nobody's going to get the message. Nobody's going to get the excitement. You got to get not the fans that, excited. Not only that, and that's it's, why it's, I like, it's, it's I like, like when the, you watch sports. It's like when right. you watch sports, you watch hockey, you watch baseball, you watch football. The commentary is key. I mean, there's people who take the radio so they can hear the commentary because they can't watch the quiet game. It's the same with wrestling. I can't watch quiet wrestling. Well, and this is the reason that oh, some no, of the territories that, uh, uh, oh, God, that Lance and um, even Gordon Sully were in did so well because those guys could go out there and, man, could they make you feel what was going on in that ring or even around the ring or backstage. Um, right. You know, those were, the, those were the people that could carry a show. And now wrestling is presented in a different era where the announcer is not really the host of the event. Uh, they're just there. Um, but it used to be, you know, back in the day, that announcer, Gary Michael Capetta, for instance, that we've had on here. Mm-hmm. Um, you send him out to the ring and he gets everybody hyped and the announcers come on TV and they hype you for the card and you're, you're in for a great night of television. Um, and that's what you got with AAA uh, this past weekend, you had Hugo calling the action, and it was some of the best action that I've ever seen in a six-sided ring. Uh, I've got to be yep. brutally honest. I don't watch a lot of Lucha because it's, it's hard for me to follow in some way. But I really enjoyed AAA Mania. Yeah. And, and Hugo, you looked so dapper, my friend. That jacket was just absolutely out of this world. I loved it. Yeah, my, my wife my wife bought it for me, and it, it's got, like, Cody Rhodes loved it, the Young Bucks. It, it was like, wow, that had nothing to do with this. My wife said, it's time for you to get a new wardrobe, and she selected uh, that. And, and you know, uh, once, one, once I put the jacket on, and, and, and I said, oh, man, this is, this is the right date for this because it's triple mania, you know, like over 20,000 fans. Uh, we had a uh, worldwide audience. You know, if you're going to put yep. a new talk, you know, might, might as well be for Triple Mania. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there were literally like twenty to 30,000 people or more watching the live feeds, both English and Spanish, on Twitch. I was, of course, watching uh, the English feed and that. Um, but, uh, I mean, seriously, and... So anyway, let me. Speaking of which, I want to get back to this because, like I said, we certainly, you know, when when we're talking about okay, who do we who do we want to um, talk to about uh, you know talking about 
Harley race. And so Hugo's name came up. So I called him on Friday and I left a message on his phone. I said, you know, Hey, I know it's, you know, typically money a weekend and you are highly busy. If by any chance you get three seconds of time. And if you can let me know if you could come on Tuesday night, I would really appreciate it. Saturday morning, about 8 a.m., I'm, uh, I'm sitting here in my living room, and all of a sudden my phone goes off, and it's a text message from Hugo Savinovich saying, yes, I would be happy to be on to talk about Harley. Now, guys, this is the morning of the biggest event in Lucha Libre. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this is Lucha Libre's WrestleMania. So this man I know is in production meetings like all morning and most of the afternoon getting ready to go on the air. And he took the time to say, yes, I will be happy to come on your show and talk about Harley Race. So like I, I say, this this man is one of the most gracious men in our industry, and he deserves every good thing that is happening to him and will continue to happen to him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, don't forget the fact that I'm doing this because of the passion that you guys put into this beautiful show that you guys have. And and to me, yes, to me it's like uh, if we could help people – you know, forget about negative things about our business or when there's bad writing or creative, and we could just make them feel, you know, okay, relax, things will get better, and we could just keep that fire, you know, going for them. Then, you know, that's what we do, and that's what you guys do, and that's what I do. So I, I love to be with people that love our business, that respect it, uh, respect the business, and that they uh, do an excellent job because you guys do an excellent job. And I uh, congratulate you guys Thank on that. You. Thank you very Thank much, Hugo. Yeah, um, I'm, 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 tur- I'm, I'm turning red already. So let's well, let's talk about Harley, since y'all, you know, this is this is what uh, tonight's supposed to be all about. So Hugo, uh, why don't you go ahead and talk to us about when uh, you first met Harley, your initial impressions of him, things like that. Yeah, uh, it just happens that I always had like a great relationship with Terry and Dory, the Funk Brothers, with the Briscoes. Of course, you know that I managed Abdullah the Butcher for years in, in Puerto mm-hmm. Rico and the Caribbean. So I knew a lot of people. I was, like, very close to Ric Flair. And these guys would tell stories about Hugo and the weird last name, Sadunovich, close to Sanovich, where yeah. you could call me Master for showing <laughs> all that. So, so I was... I, so I was part of a, <laughs> yes. So, so a lot of the guys that I knew had, you know, told stories about if you happen to be in the in the Caribbean, uh, if you happen to be in the Caribbean, uh, you gotta look for Hugo Savinovich. He's like the producer there, and he will take care of you. He's a he's he's a guy that gives you his word. He will keep his word. So wherever the guys went down to Puerto Rico or Trinidad or uh, Curacao or Aruba, any of the shows that we produced, uh, they they came up to me, and Harley came up to me and said, uh, Junior, Dory, Dory 
told me to look for you, that you know the best restaurants. And I said, it's an honor to meet you, Harley, whatever I can do for you. I'm here. You have a new friend. So we got to know each other almost like uh, immediately, that first evening that he was down there. And, and uh, for me, it was a double honor because uh, to be in, in the presence of one of the true champions of our industry. And what I mean, a true champion is that this guy could defend that title with whoever from wherever company, and he will kick some butt and leave that ring with the championship. No one, uh, during his era, there was no one capable of taking that belt or making him look bad because he was an ass kicker and he would take no names. And race was that guy. You know, he was not a hypocrite. If he liked you, he liked you. And if he didn't like you, he would tell you, don't piss me off. Just stay away from me because I don't want to hurt you. And the worst thing you could do with Harley is to lie to him. He says, I'm going to he will let you, let you know you're lying to me and I'll let this slide. Next time uh, you will eat some knuckles and Harley will look at you right in your eyes and, and, and do that. And we went out to a place and guys will be a little bit drunk and come up to, to try to mess with the NWA world champion. I will step out of the table and, push the guy away, and I'll say to the guy, I'm doing you the biggest favor. I am saving your life, your nose, or your eyes, because you don't want to mess with Harley. And, and so we got along really good, and then a couple of years went back, uh, went by, and then I got to go for Jim uh, Crockett's uh, Starcade, the first one, 1983, yeah. Greensboro. It was a snowstorm mm-hmm. for two days. For two days of a snowstorm, and that place was sold out, and I was managing Abdullah the Butcher uh, that was closed circuit for part of the United States and at the Louisville Stadium in Bayamon, and I was managing Abdullah against Carlos Colon. That card was tremendous, and with the snowstorms and everything, it was sold out, and at the time, we didn't have this Facebook deal and all this uh, cable stations and all that other stuff. This was like right. you really had to... You really have to produce a great rivalry, a great product to get people to come to the, the arena. And I was well, there. Well, it's, rem- it's funny you say that, Hugo. We were just talking about uh-huh. the death of the magazine because we talked about how important the magazines were for getting the, the business over and how there's no longer any magazines left. It's all Internet, and you don't really have that form of media pushing wrestling the way that it used to. To where people yeah. would be picking up all the magazines and going, hey, what the hell's going on in the wrestling business? Now you've got the internet. And yeah. I, I, I don't like it because some of those magazines, my God, you used to pick up every issue to see what was going on in the wrestling business. Because nobody knew. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Well, you know what is good? And jumping from the, uh, the first, this, there will be no pay-per-view without Starcade. Starcade gave the promoters a vision that there was money besides Absolutely. the arena in, in closed circuit and then pay-per-view. That match between Flair and Harley Race, if I was to use a match to give a young, a young uh, wrestler, female or, or male, the, the right image of what our business should be and what they should be inspired to do, that classic Star K 1983 Race and Flair was tremendous. Even with all the matches that I have called in my years as a play-by-play, 
that match has a special place in my heart because Race and Flair were on. That was like when you go bowling and you have a perfect game or the pitcher uh, throws, you know, a perfect game. Flair and Race had that perfect game that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, one there's of the those most... matches. There's that one. Um, I, I, always talk, I always talk about uh, the uh, Pat O'Connor, Buddy Rogers, uh, Comiskey Park match. To that, I mean, that's one that, uh, you know, those are two matches that every wannabe wrestler should study. Here's because... another one for all the wannabe hardcore people. Uh, in 1978, Harley had a race, uh, Harley had a series of violent matches throughout the Midwest with the Sheik culminating in a bloody two-by-four with a nail in it match in front of 12,313 people at Cobb Hall. Wow. Yes. Or Kobo Hall. Yeah, Kobo yeah, Hall. Remember Hall. that at the time the Sheik was a, the Sheik was the owner of the company that ran Detroit, all that area, and also uh the part of Toronto in Canada. And oh, uh, it, I'm in Toronto. The, yes, the, the Sheik <laughs> right. had such a huge territory but he he did not know how to to keep it. But th- those matches at Cobo Hall and on all the other big arenas, they sold out every building. It was just that, it, that he, he was a good heel, but not the greatest promoter. And that was a problem with a lot of the big companies, that they were, they were top wrestlers and they were also the promoters. And, and, and there was frustration because you could be a great promoter, but not, not necessarily you could be the greatest wrestler, but you have control to keep you with the championship and that – that brought uh, a right. lot of situations into the territory. Um, were you there for the match with Dusty Rhodes and Harley Race? Uh, do, do you recall? Because there was a couple of them. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, you, if, you, if I had told you before. I did the NWA uh, Spanish show when they were invading New York. We, we drew Night of Champions 1985. We drew over 19,000 fans at the, the arena, I don't know the name of the arena now, that it's next to the giant, uh, giant stadium there. The, before it was named Continental Arena, but I don't know the name of it. We drew like okay. 19,000 fans. And, uh, uh, but uh, I did the Spanish play-by-play for the NWA, and I did some of those classic matches, but I also remember that I went to one of their shows that I was invited, and I know that Dusty was working with, uh, with race, but I don't, I don't know if that was the one you're talking about. Um, no, I, you know, that's a, that's people. This is wrestling. You go back and you talk about uh, Harley Race versus Ric Flair, Harley Race versus Dusty Rhodes. Um, these are some of the most classic matches that you could ever ever go back and watch in wrestling. Uh-huh. The only thing more classic than this is Luthette. Um, yeah, there was there was there was also. I don't know if you, because uh, I, I was doing my live show right now, but one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that when when they had the convention to vote on who was going to be the next uh, NWA world champion, that they were selecting Nature Boy Ric Flair. They loved his image, his wrestling, but at the time, you needed to know how to shoot it out. And Flair was never that. Flair is one of our best workers, but he was not a Harley Race uh, guy to, like, shoot with somebody. 
And when they gave him the championship, and the like, for instance, uh, I, I when they, when Flair went down to Puerto Rico, or when I took him to the Dominican Republic, the the promoter had to pay at that time anywhere from ten thousand dollars for a match for Flair. We're talking about nineteen eighty. Ten thousand dollars at that time was like huge money, and yeah, they were absolutely. Paid the, they would pay the champion. They would pay Flair $10,000, but they had to pay a different fee to the NWA for allowing the champion to defend the title there, and you could not book an uh, 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 outcome of the match without the consent of the NWA when the champion went to town. So when it came time for Flair to go to Japan, uh, they, they, they were so afraid that the, the what you call strong style is it's very, very weak compared to what they had before, which was like semi-shoot stuff that, uh, that the champion, uh, Flair, was going to defend the title there. And the NWA was worried that uh, Flair will be defeated uh, by one of the guys that will just beat him up. And wow. what, they did was, what, what they did was, and you could act Flair. I believe that in his book, he, he probably talked about it. Because uh, I know they quoted me on the book, but they asked me, did you ever see Rick doing drugs? And I said, no, Rick never did drugs because Rick is a drug. That's what I said. <laughs> <in> my quote. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was wow. my quote. That was um, my quote on the book. So, so what did they you? did was they, they sent Harley Race. They sent Harley Race with Flair to Japan, and he will stand in a corner, and he will let the promoters know. Do not try to embarrass our champion because Ray said, I will kick your ass. And this was in, this was in Japan. And not too many guys would venture to go to Japan and say that to the Japanese promoters at the time where there was so much money in Japan and you had some of the best shooters in our business in Japan. Mm. Um. I want to talk and, to you. And also, I want to ask you a question. Thinking, one, right, at guys. one at a time. Yeah. If I'm if I'm thinking right, because I remember I remember Mick Foley talking about this a little bit in in uh, his first book. Um, at that time, I think I think there was a certain element of the uh, yakuza, the Japanese mob, that uh, was involved in the uh, professional wrestling industry over there. Wow. Yeah, well, a lot of times, a lot of times was mostly like sponsors, but it wasn't like directly with the promotion itself but like I like I was Abdullah's manager so when Dory Funk Jr. booked me to wrestle there I would get my money for working uh preliminary matches I had to fight with Giant Baba because he wanted to put me over as respect that I I will take care of all their young stars I went to Puerto Rico and managed Abdullah and I said no I just I'm just a manager in Puerto Rico let me put your talent uh, over and uh, and what he would do is that he would tell the referee, uh, no, he's going over as a you know sign of respect. The other thing was that when my week's wow. check will come, my week's check will come, the company will give me that check. But then Baba will call me on the side, and he will give me cash money as a as a presento. That's the respect of the culture. But uh, uh, on oh. the other hand, you have this. You had these big sponsors, a lot of a lot of big names, and a lot of people that were a little bit dangerous. That were sponsors, like from, well, there were sponsors for Bruce Brody, Abdullah the Butcher, Stan Hansen, all these guys. 
and like in my case, I was the manager of Zulu the Butcher. I could go anywhere in Japan. I could wow. be at three o'clock. I, I could be at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, and I could I could have diamonds in my hands. I could be counting money outside, and nobody will come to touch me because that's that that was like a sacred ground. This guy is our guest. You do not mess with him. And wherever they took me, I didn't have to pay. Not even not even a tip. Not even a tip. I went to places that they were not open, restaurants that were not open for the general clientele. This were this were like only like the the richest people, the people with connections that will go in, and it would be like you have to make a reservation like. Uh, Six months in advance, and because you wow. were, uh, because you have mm. sponsors from Abdullah the Butcher, you could go like twice, twice in a row if you wanted to, and and they will they will just take care of you, whatever you need. That's how wrestling wrestling was so huge in Japan, but then they made uh, uh, like the mistakes were were in the states where territories like the Sheiks disappear and the big Canadian offices and world class of the Bonerics and uh, the Blanchers mm. in San Antonio. I studied this, and I also saw it happen in Puerto Rico. Even though Carlos is still celebrating, I think, his 46th anniversary, they did not have the vision to think on the future, and they only thought about today and the big house today and the cotton ball and and this show and that, and they did not think about uh, uh, a structure to create the new champions. And in Japan, you had the same issue that they decided that they wanted to go into more of the shoot. And from, and from having live shows on the top TV network, live, this was not paper, it was live, and they were getting tons of yens. Uh, they, they went crazy into, let's do this shoot stuff. And you have the hardcore fans that loved it, but ratings plunged. Sponsors didn't want to see them. And they went from the top networks, live shows, into the smallest network, into out of boom. And that disappeared. Lately, they have made some case of a comeback. But, you know, it, it's sad because it was uh, Japan and other places were, were hot for wrestling. I worked in Louisiana for Cowboy Bill Watts. And and every a guy working the first matches, uh, at the time the booker was uh, Buck Robley. I tell the fans if you mm. if I if I my book in Spanish is called Atangana Ring de Tentaciones. Uh, uh, in the future I will have it translated. You work in Louisiana. The booker was Buck Robley, and you had like twenty twenty five thousand people, and the and Buck Robley will come out with one of those construction. Uh, Wheel cart, like I don't know how what name of them, like where you put all this stuff, and Yonkyard Dog will be sitting on top of all this tires, and Buck Rubley will be carrying him into the arena, and he will be wearing kind of a Nazi hat on him. Oh, this is, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and Terry Funk will do a promo that he was gonna go and destroy uh, the Yonkyard Dog, and at the time there was not political correctness, and you will see the shadow of somebody looking like the young character being hacked from, I mean, crazy, crazy stuff at the time uh, that you, you could do back uh, then. And this, they were selling out everywhere. And it was crazy, but this was the era of that type of wrestling. But uh, Bill Watts would put in like 45,000 people at the Superdome on his big show every year. The right. Bon Eriks did like 
40 at the Cotton Ball. So wrestling was hot. And they, they, what upset me is that they, they want to blame Vince McMahon Jr. for, for a lot of things. And, and a lot of times it was, their, it was their own bad decisions that made this territory disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, were, you, were you with Jim Crockett Promotions when they went out of business? Not when they went out of business. I was there when the the whole place was doing huge business. It was so much money made there that that Crockett will I will do the TV shows. That was one one story. I did the interviews. They'll get the boy, the boys in like uh, uh, Flair or uh, uh, Dusty, uh, the Boogeyman, Jimmy Valiant, uh, Roddy Piper, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, and I will. I will get the interviews and I'll translate for them. And that was the time that I met the boogeyman for the first time. Told me he's going to be, be dancing like, uh, like his music because the music didn't play at the interviews. They'll put that afterwards. But he said, this is like uh, his music will be like sounding when he comes in for the regular TV show when it airs and he'll come and he'll kind of give you a kiss. And I'd say, wait a minute, what, what is, what is this about Jimmy giving me, a kiss. He said, "Yeah, that's the boogeyman." He takes, yeah, he takes it. The boogeyman Jimmy <laughs> Ryan takes takes the announcer and gives him a kiss. He said, "But it's just like you know, a soft kiss. It's, everything is cool." I said, "Okay." I so I, I, yeah, so I did the interview. I did Roddy. I did Roddy Piper. I did Roddy Piper. I did. I did Piper. I did Tully Blanchard, and then here comes Boogeyman, and now I gotta pretend that I'm hearing the music, which, which there was no music. And he goes around me, and then he kind of bends, like he, like in the big romantic uh, movies, he kind of bends me, and like, and 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 I have no choice. Yeah, I mean, like that, and, I think, and I'm thinking he's just gonna put his lips on mine, and that was it. He kissed me. He put his tongue inside. My mouth, and and I had I had never experienced a man besides like my father, one of my best friends, with a you know with a kid, something like that, and uh and I'm doing the interview, you know I cannot say cut, and he it looked like he wasn't gonna let go, and he had me. Of course, I found out. Oh man, it was like crazy stuff. But Flair knew about it, and the other guys knew about it, so they they were just watching what he was gonna do. Oh my God! Yeah, and speaking um, of happy birthday, handsome Jimmy. I will bet you any money they dared him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They bet him like a hundred bucks that he wouldn't do it. I bet you any money. Um, yeah. Oh, and then then after the show, he came. He apologized and everything. And then we we were very good friends for a long time. But then I never trusted him again. Every time he went <laughs> for a kiss, I will close my lips so hard that you will have to hit me with a brass you know, knuckle you know to open what? up my lips. You know, you you know what you do. You know what you do about that. You try to kiss you again. You grab him, dip him, and give him one, and just say, "I can do that shit too." Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, because you no, know, because it, it, it's like a gross-out competition. You got to one up and one up and one up or yeah. keep up. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, I hear you. God. I understand. I understand what you mean. You totally screwed um, up after that. <laughs> that's like that's like that's like in the ring. Luke Bushwhacker Luke used to always lick the top of my head. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> right on. I managed. I managed the the bushwhackers when they were called the New Zealand sheep herders in Puerto Rico. In oh, Puerto yeah. Rico, they were, they were called los pastores de nueva 
Selandia. I knew about that. And, uh, I knew about that. Yeah, yeah, and I managed them for for many years. So with that, I could tell you the stories and the problems that they would get me in. There was a place close to the airport where the bushwhackers, the pastores of Nueva Zelandia, were going after the big show. This is it was called Pizza City. It was open 24 hours a day. It's still open yeah. 24 hours a day. And then it's like like not not tables, just like around like a bar around with stools. And oh, yeah. they will go in and order pizzas and drinks, and then they will go crazy and start like crawling from one side to the table, knock on the counter, knocking, knocking tables, I mean, knocking the plates oh, out yeah. and everything. Yeah, they were like crazy. It will so sometimes like Friday just, night like, Toronto. Yeah, paying the bills sometimes will be like three hundred, four hundred, uh, paying some of the bills yeah. from the customers, uh, you know, complaining about their food and stuff and. The Butch and Luke have to pay for the for the bill. So, so I went through some crazy, uh-huh. crazy stuff with them. Beautiful people. I, I love them. Yep. Oh, so yeah. That, sounds like, that uh, sounds like a Friday. That sounds like a Friday night at the Big Slice in Toronto on Young and College when it was still there. Hugo, <laughs> we are a little over a month from probably one of the biggest wrestling events you will call in your life. Uh, it will be AAA invading Madison Square Garden. Talk to us Ooh. about what that means to you. Wow. Well, my first time with Vince was WWF Attitude for Ecuadorian guys that broke into business at 14 and that had to deal with the gangs. To, to go and wrestle, learn to wrestle, I, I used to walk from 138th Street in the Bronx, Brook Avenue, to 156 in St. Anne's, close to the, that precinct where, in which uh, that big fire and everything was, was, they made the movie out of Fort Apache. I was just a oh, few yeah. blocks from there in an, in an abandoned building. That's where Toro Maldonado, uh, General Rivera, was, who was in Bay Tria afterwards, and uh, these Puerto Rican guys had a boxing club, a wrestling club, and for me, as the years went by and, and I came back and with uh, WWE Attitude, my first pay-per-view from Madison Square Garden, my, my legs were shaking because that is like the most famous, most famous arena. So years go by. I worked for Vince for 70 years. Then I do the first season of uh, Lucha Underground. I do some independent uh-huh. shows and all that. Uh-huh. And then... Out of, out of nowhere, I get the contract again with Space TV, which is their broadcasting system. I start doing uh, AAA again. And then they say, uh, on this date, you're going to be uh, doing the press conference at the Garden. And that was such an exciting thing because one of the top guys at the Garden, uh, his name is Steve uh, uh, Carroll. He's one of the big shots there. He used to work for, for WWE, and now he's like the big guy there. He came down to say hello to me because I'm, I'm, I'm always like a friendly guy. I respect people. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I, I was feeling like a, like a little nervous because I was coming back to a place that is almost like a sacred uh, place for, for entertainment, for sports. You walk through that hallway and you see all this mm-hmm. Billy Joel, all these big shows that have sold out. And then I was doing the press conference. And then when I set the date, September 15, celebrating the Mexican independence, invading New York, Triple A, and then we had the guys and the girls come out, and it was it's huge because Triple uh, uh, A was supposed to do the first show uh, from another company, That's correct. 
but uh, but uh, uh, Dorian, the the president, and Conan talked about it. You know something? We are not ready yet. We have to work hard on that triple mania, which which was which was the right move. And they they let the New Japan and uh, Ring of Honor do it. That September 15, we after this triple mania, more people got to see the product. And just having the talent that we had, guest stars, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega and uh, Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes, they they love the show. And uh, Omega already did a challenge with uh, Phoenix uh, to do the Mega Championship. Those two guys are going to have the best match ever. I mean, those two guys could really deliver. So September 15th is huge for me because I I can't. Ecuador when I was nine years old and I walked and I was in, uh, you know, I was doing bad stuff in New York and all that, all that. So to me, it's like uh, celebrating, you know, the being able to overcome, uh, overcome obstacles and, and don't ever let people tell you uh, your story. It's over because they are not, uh, they are, they are not who call the shots. And uh, here I am doing the, the garden and I will be doing the forum in L.A., invading L.A. on October uh, 13th. And I'm doing the pay-per-view on the 31st for All Elite Wrestling. So tell me how crazy is it, this is. Oh, right. this thing is fantastic. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, so I just I love, I love the idea because, I mean, like I say, I sat there and Saturday night I have to go to bed early because – I get I get up I get up my my Sunday morning with church and everything. My Sunday morning starts at four a.m. Oh God! So so triple triple mania ended a little after midnight here in Illinois. But uh-huh, it was worth here. it was worth losing the extra few hours of sleep because I mean seriously yeah. that oh, from top school. to bottom. Oh, that, that so you're just telling us, yeah, I only had a disco nap before church. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. That's basically that's basically it. So uh, yeah, so so you go. I blame you for that. No. <laughs> oh, you're. But I mean, seriously. I mean, from from the uh, I mean from the uh, opening match, which was only available on the Spanish feed, but it was a real good um, trios match there. I love that the. Uh, Mixed tag opener. I mean, you know, I'm actually I'm still a little surprised that uh, uh, Big Mommy and uh, Nino Amborguesa did not uh, split up, and that because that was what I was that's what I was predicting, and I think a lot of other people were, um, and that to um, the uh, surprise that uh, Copa Sripremania with. Uh, First Conan coming out, and then Vampiro. Oh my God! Oh man, that was that was a huge, huge reaction. Uh, you know, Vampiro's been struggling. Uh, uh, you know, um, mentally, uh, he's been uh, with, through a big, big challenge uh, of health, and I could not believe that he 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 was coming in, and how people reacted. Uh, to that, you know, of course, if you follow the storyline, Conan yes. had said that that he was going to make history that night, and of course, those were like prophetic words because he was going to come in. How uh, he had uh, uh, on the on the last show that we did in Aguas Calientes prior to Triple Mania, Conan interfered mm-hmm. in a match and he injured his ankle, 
And then uh, uh, we went on Thursday morning. What the, uh, the company is so different because the company has uh, uh, their Catholic. I'm a, I'm an evangelical pastor and evangelist, so it's like mm-hmm. the right. world's getting together. So, but they 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 have a big procession, uh, and they start from different points of the capital, and the fans keep joining. And you have, you go into this two deck touristic uh, buses. And then you keep making stops, and the fans are all over the place until you reach a point where the bus stays there, and then you come out and you walk with the fans to the uh, Virgin Guadalupe Church for the Catholics, the cathedral. That's like right. the most sacred place. Yeah. And then you walk, you walk like 14 blocks, and it was so hot. And Conan is the main creative. I'm part, I'm part of the announcer's team. And let me tell you, you there's thousands of people that will stop you. It, it, it's like a procession, right? And you take pictures yeah. and autographs, yeah. and then you reach, yeah. you, you finally, you finally reach the cathedral, and now you have the special service. The family of AAA, the promoters take special offering, and then you see the masked luchadores, and you see Conan. But Conan walked through the streets, and his ankle was in such bad shape, and then we we didn't have a hat on. So my whole face was like burned, and and Conan, we it was like it was like a bad bad uh, uh, you know sunburn, and I did not know that it because you know my 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 reputation has always been unless I'm the creative of the show if I'm just doing the announcing and and I could help you with the creative but the main story the main storyline I don't want to know even when I work for Vince I will. I will find out a couple of things, but like the main thing, I will not. Carlos and me will you not want to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the, yeah. And I yeah. and I still do that. And then when I saw him coming out, and I saw Vampiro coming out, I said, I, I cannot believe this. So so it was it was good, you know. I'm, nostalgia oh, yeah. sells. Nostalgia sells. And if it's done right, uh, you know, it works even better. Right. Well, and well, uh, I mean, you got yeah, what are your thoughts react. on that? And, uh, what are your thoughts on that with WWE bringing back Goldberg? Okay, before uh, anyone know, gets I, into that, what are they doing? Are they they bring back Goldberg so he can learn how to wrestle? Is that is that why they bring him back? No, the story the the, the, the story sorry. the the story there yeah. was they gave they He's gave the Undertaker. Sorry. Yeah, they gave they gave the Undertaker an opportunity to redeem himself. After that South, uh, uh, that Arabia South, you know whatever uh, uh, yeah. fiasco. So they 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 have to give Goldberg that opportunity to redeem himself, and uh, I think they got the right guy. If you cannot have a good match with Dolph Ziggler, especially with the way yeah. that they finally letting him uh, be Dolph Ziggler, I think he's got enough heat yeah. now that if if uh, if he does. What Sean Dolph Michael? Ziggler could do, yeah, he will make he will make Goldberg look good. To me, that's how good yeah. Ziggler is. Yeah. That he will but, that he will make Goldberg look good. But I wouldn't put him over. I, that's well, just me. I don't have. Well, any I don't know. Apparently, apparently, Paul has some uh, long term plans for using him like that. Oh God. So it's just you know. it's just how many people he's hurt and and he's. They say he and he ended Bret Hart's career, and he's just he's just a botch master. Uh, well, you know yeah. that's how I feel. Uh, I'm the fan's perspective. Yeah. I'm allowed to say right. that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Understandable. 
Well, like I say, but anyway, getting back, because like I say, with the whole thing with Vampiro, um, I mean, um, Matt Stryker, I mean, the first thing that came out of his mouth when, when, he, saw, when he saw his old broadcast partner was an expletive because he was literally <laughs> shocked. It, uh, it's like, it's like, you know, holy <laughs> no, holy he shit. is the up for it if I remember right. Holy and, fuck. There you go. I and, get it. And, and I mean, and seriously, and then of oh. course, you know, he knocks Conan oh, off right. and then he leaves the ring, goes <laughs> over to Marcela Pena and says a few words. And then, and then he left, I mean, to the point where, uh, Nobody actually, nobody actually saw him leave, and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking, so, speaking of leaving, and I really hate to do, but it is twelve o'clock. I won't call it what I usually do, I'm, and I need to yeah. walk the dog. Okay. So, so yeah. All right. All right. Okay. We will see you next week, Katie. Katie. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love the stories. Why, why do you think I? Why do you think I went to church all my young life? Because I like the stories. And, oh, yeah. and that's why I love being a part of the show because I get the stories that nobody else gets. And I don't tell them everything, but I give them little things here and there. You know, I don't pull the curtain <laughs> too far. I just say, yeah, well, I know this. And I know that. And yet, no, no, no. You don't know what you're talking about. This is how it happens. You know, I can do that. But, yeah, uh, I just hope this, this, ladies, this ladies show that I'm going to be going to this weekend, the summit, I have to be there at 11, 11 a.m., do some networking, meet and greet, bring some ladies here. Oh, hope it goes as well as I hope it does. Hope it's gonna. Yeah, it's gonna same go here. Tired. Same Thank here. God, I'm just gonna get this dog walked. Poor guy. <laughs> is that the one with the? Is, is the summit the one with Bull Meccano? They, uh, I do believe Bull Meccano is going to be there. Shotzi Blackheart is going to be there, and Jordan Grace, and I can't remember anymore right now, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, uh, Rosemary's on that Don't one. Rosemary's on it. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, honey, I'll be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, I still got my awesome. All right. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Great. I'm out so, of here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll Good see night, you next boys. week, Katie. Good night, Good night honey. Boys. No. Huh. Good night. So you go. You go. Um. Okay. Uh. Now, question regarding uh the um ladies match because there's. There's been some there's been some question that um the finish that uh happened wasn't the finish that was originally planned because uh Chica Tormenta missed the table and uh, got legitimately injured and that and then all of a sudden it's like uh Conan made a call in the back and uh um Tessa Blanchard winds up uh getting the getting the Arena de Arenas title. Um you know what information do you have at this point on any of that part of it was that yeah uh, uh, was if you yeah if you follow uh, chica tormenta style she, she in mexico the girls also fight with the guys so they're used yes. to taking uh taking it you know like i mean the bumps that the bumps that the luchadores and luchadores take i mean it's unreal this these guys and girls are in top shape the 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 match to be honest with you i have predicted in spanish that that match i was expecting to steal the show but it wasn't it, it, it wasn't as as i was expected to be but the tormenta 
uh, story on the bump, it, it got us scared. Uh, my partner Guillen and me, we we got scared mm-hmm. because it, the 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 body, the way she gave in into it was so so hard. Mm-hmm. In Arena Ciudad Mexico, where he got injured uh, a few months ago, Phoenix, it was so sudden right. like you could hear the the body just went boom. But she's such a tough cookie that uh, that she was alright because because uh, the, the actual finish was uh, uh that to give uh, Blanchard the the championship oh. uh they want okay. they wanted to use they wanted to use triple mania to showcase uh the international vision of uh triple A of not just having you know like uh oh, only Mexicans win championship as a matter of fact you know that they gave them the, uh they gave the young bucks the championships and then the the, the lucha brothers recovered it so the the lucha Triple uh, R uh, with Conan back uh, as the head uh, uh, writer, the head creative. It's more, uh, uh, you will see that beautiful lucha style, but yes, you will see like storylines, like for instance, the Phoenix and Kenny Omega after the match saying, you know, if the people want to see it, I want to challenge you for the mega championship. So you have those storylines. We also uh, heard from LA Park saying to the Presidenta, the, 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 Saying to, to to her, your worst nightmare has come back. So now we know that L.A. Park is back in AAA, which opens up a door that he might be showcased in some All Elite Wrestling shows too. So it's something, right? right. Yeah. Well, so, so, yeah, because but, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, Tessa Blanchard, that was originally supposed to happen. She was supposed to win. But uh, Chica Tormenta scared the heck out of all of us because uh, she was supposed to be eliminated, but not with a crazy bump like that. Uh, And it just, Mm. and when when she saw the reaction of the people, then she just decided to stay down, which which it was fantastic, which it was fantastic because. If you're not if you're not hurt and you get that reaction, you know I I was I, I honestly thought she was hurt and and we talked to her. That was one of the questions that we got uh, uh, on the live shows that I do almost and then on the official AAA page. Everybody wanted to know if she was at the hospital. She's a tough cookie. She's a tremendous athlete and this girl. I mean, she could battle the guys and, and hit the guys harder than the guys did. Oh my gosh! Wow. Well, good to good to know that because yeah, that's. I mean, you know, we're we're watching and she's just laying there, not moving, and and the medics are coming to the coming to the ringside and that, and I'm like, go, because I mean, I've I've had I've had a few instances where I've had to legitimately throw that X up, and that. Yes. But I mean, seriously, she looked like she just was gone and that and uh-huh. that's you know a lot of and a lot of and a lot of people are going oh man this this can't this can't be this can't be the planned finish this can't be the planned uh-huh. finish because you know it had it had to have been she was supposed to win and she got hurt and they and they made a backstage call so uh you know knowing now for, you know that that's that that's the case that uh that was it was originally planned for Tessa to win Oh, and the fact that uh, Chica is okay—that's—that's—that's that's, that's good news, um, in and of itself. And that, um, yeah. And plus, it, and plus, it gives 
it gives more presence to the world ladies title, which is called Reina de Reinas, as Tessa right. Blanchard was part of part of the press conference that she will be at uh, uh, at uh, invading New York, and she will probably be defending the championship. I, I, I haven't asked Conan about it, but it will be a natural for her to defend the title against the uh, Impact Knockout Champions Taya. Uh, so yeah. because there's because there's this fantastic relationship. Uh, with the companies, you're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that I think that um, I mean that that match and impact has been awesome. I'd love to see them, you know, cut loose uh, with in uh, with uh, Triple A style. I think that I think that's going to be amazing. And then of course the main event. I mean, well, the presentation alone of that. I thought was just it it totally it totally blew me away. Sean, did you did you get to watch that match yet at all? Uh the hair versus mask match? Yes. I did yes. not. Did um but oh, I want to talk about oh, this man. for a minute because originally originally when I ran my company with Ed Schumann, Lord Rest his soul, uh there were plans to bring the Blue Demon to Illinois. And one of the matches that was actually talked about being had with my company by Ed was Steve Carino versus the Almighty Sheik versus the Blue Demon Jr. for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Um, so this this kind of, um, you know, Blue Demon Jr. being the star that he is, um, that, that would have been huge. I'd, and... Boy, let me tell you, if that wouldn't have packed the little town of Ashton, Illinois, and that lovely venue we had, I don't know what would have. Because yeah. we brought right. Steve Carino in, and he cut that epic promo uh, uh, where he unmasked himself as Mr. Wrestling 3. And, uh, oh, my God. I mean, he cut that promo. I don't, you know, I deserve a shot at the NWA World Championship, not Blue Demon, and it, oh my God! I'll have to go back and get that on video for Steve to send you, Hugo, because that that was some spine-chilling stuff to think about. You know, the NWA um, being a part of the NWA not only uh, was huge, but getting to that level of, of the possibility of having the main title in my company was just huge. I mean. Um, and there were plans for it to happen. Sheik was supposed to beat Blue Demon in Chicago in 2009, and the show, the event got canceled. And uh, or uh, the story that I got was Blue Demon didn't want to do business. Which um, after doing business with the Almighty Sheik, I don't know that I, uh, you know, would have uh, not been in Blue Demon shoes. Um, but um, you know, there, that was some good stuff. And 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 uh, Blue Demon. I never met or talked to, but uh, the the opportunity uh, that may have arose for him to be able to come into my company would have been outstanding. Um, so I, I definitely am a fan of Blue Demon, uh, somebody that Ed Schumann put over a great deal, and I believe that Ed used on a couple of his shows. Um, Blue Demon is a legend. And there, such there a, are not. And he's such, he's such a gentleman and such a nice guy. He's been a friend of mine for, for, uh, you know, for 
some time, and uh, he is, uh, you know, one of, one of the true legends of the lucha uh, that are left, you know, and uh, he carries himself, uh, you know, so like like a gentleman, and he's a, such a professional, and uh, and also uh, he he has a, he has his own uh, foundation, so he helps out people. Uh, great business, great businessman, and uh, of course, uh, his mask is one of the one one of the most recognized masks in in the lucha oh, world. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And and you well, know, to think to think of uh, the, like I said, of Blue Demon coming in and facing Steve Carino, and I wasn't a big fan of the Almighty Sheik, but he got over. I rem- I remember the night we put him against uh, Silas Young. And the whole place was chanting USA. And then we turned in. Uh, Steve was there the following month when we uh, he was supposed to face Silas again. And Silas no-showed. And I had to bring in this guy by the name of Chief out of Kula Kula, who's worked down some in uh, Puerto Rico. And, um, you know, um, that match, Sheik threw a fireball. And, my God, you, you could have heard a pin drop on that one because the whole place – they didn't. Know, they didn't know it was coming. I didn't know it was coming, and I don't think Steve knew it was coming. And when it happened, no, we were I like, had oh. no clue. We were when it happened. We were all like, "Oh shit!" Um, because I ran in a small town. It was only a town of twelve hundred people. My idea was to pull people to the town instead of pull the people from the town. Um, and I, I mean, he threw that fireball, and oh my god, it was it was outstanding. But to, to think of that guy with that level of heat and Steve Carino and the Blue Demon, you, you had Blue Demon who had a name from Mexico. You had Carino that had his name, um, which I was always a Steve Carino fan. Still, um, glad he got a job with WWE. And, and then, you know, the crazy almighty Sheik, that was Look, that 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 to me is a fan, and not only is the booker, but as a fan, got me excited. And yes. that's that's the kind of wrestling that you don't have anymore um, in a lot of places. Is is stuff that not only excites the booker. Well, you got plenty of stuff that excites the bookers because nobody. There, there are too many people out there that want to book to please themselves and not book to do business. Blue Demon Junior. Um, has been a part of these companies down in Mexico for a number of years. And that's why the companies that Blue Demon has been associated with have done well. That's why he's a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, and it, it's fitting that we're talking about Blue Demon Jr. when we're also talking about the death of Harley Race, two former NWA World Heavyweight Champions, two legends. Yeah. Well, like I say, Sean, the, I, when you watch this, the presentation alone – was amazing. I mean, Hugo, I mean, I know you were, because you guys were actually positioned this time towards the back of the, of the, of the arena by, by the edge of the stage. So you yeah, were right kind of like, right next, right, yeah, right next, right next to where it all happens, where you see the fire, the heat for the pyro, everything was like, uh, like right next to us. Yeah. Yeah. And and with and Sean for this one, what they did was they had in one cherry picker they had Blue Demon and his son, 
And then the other cherry picker was Dr. Wagner Jr. and his family. And, um, and Blue Demon was in his uh, traditional garb. And uh, Dr. Wagner and all of his family were all dressed in white. And Dr. Wagner had his white mask on and everything. And they hoisted the two cherry pickers up, basically up to the level of where the, where the big screen was. And so the two of them are watching, and they, and they run a video recapping the entire story between the two of them. And they're watching this and watching each other before they then bring them down so that they can come to the ring for their, for their introductions and that. And then the match itself, I mean, oh, my gosh. Oh, I mean, it was a total bloodbath, first off, you know, but, um, but the, but the uh, action itself, and this was something, uh, Hugo, that uh, the people in the uh, chat room on the English Twitch were talking about was the fact that here are two guys in their 50s, and they're working harder and better than a lot of 30-year-old guys. And that. Yes, so much passion, so much passion, oh, yeah. and that that was the last match of a long evening, and nobody left the Arena Ciudad Mexico until they not only they cut the hair of Wagner, but until their promos were finished. That's when you saw the twenty thousand fans leaving the arena. There's so much respect. People don't know. That, first of all, Mexico it's it's a nation of two hundred million. People, wrestling is the second sport in that nation after soccer, and they mm-hmm. the Congress voted to make uh, lucha libre part of their uh, of uh, of their national treasure. So wrestling wrestling is like sacred there. And uh, right. when 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 uh, the show was over, it was in Mexico's time. Uh, it was past uh, midnight. I got right. back to the hotel. I got back to the hotel at twelve o'clock in the morning. People were in the streets because that's another thing. It was televised on the top network live, not on cable, just like on free TV. TV Azteca had it live mm-hmm. on 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 Mexico. You're talking about a, a nation of two hundred millions. Free TV on a Saturday night. Names of tradition like uh, Dr. Wagner Jr., Blue Demon. And it's international stars, and then you have us on Twitch and Space TV, which is usually we record the show for Space TV. But Space TV was also live, so this was like amazing stuff to have uh, the whole like Twitch and TV Azteca. Uh, we don't know the numbers yet, but I know that it was it was competing against a prime time show on Televisa, and it just whipped them like for big big. I, I gotta find out the, the the amount of millions of people that watched when, it. Yeah, but when you do, make sure you let me know because I would love to. I would love to know the numbers on that one. Yes, but uh, yes. I mean, I'll tell you what. When uh, when uh, Doctor Wagner Jr. Um, cut his promo, and um, Matt was you know somewhat uh, translating it, and when he said, "This is my last match. I am retiring." the chat room just went up for grabs. I mean, it was like almost everybody immediately started typing, no, 
They just, they're like, no, he can't leave us. He can't leave us. Now, I mean, I mean, that's the kind of respect that, uh-huh. you know, that the, that the, you know, that the American uh, AAA fans have for, yes. for Dr. Wagner. Oh, uh, I mean, it just, I mean, it just, I mean, everybody was like, no, this can't happen. This can't happen. No. How, how are we going to, how are we going to survive Lucha without, without Dr. Wagner? You know, I mean, it just, I mean, that was, that was the, you know, the response to him oh, announcing that was just like, you know, as he's getting his head shaved was just absolutely amazing. You know, I'm, so yeah, so Sean, definitely sit down. It's worth, it's worth the three plus hours of your, of your life to, to watch this thing because this event is just amazing in and of itself. Of course, um, uh, the, you know, I mean, the, the emotion when they inducted Silver King into the uh, Hall of Fame and that, and then, um, uh, then honoring, you know, um, Pero, um, the president of CMLL, which, uh, I definitely uh, give a tip of the uh, hat to uh, Marcela Pena and whoever in the office felt, you know, that they should do that because I thought that was very respectful considering that the two promotions have been at odds for so many years and that I, you know, I thought, I thought that was, I thought that was a great deal for them to do that. It was respect. It was respect. It was respect. And, also, it was to unite uh, the wrestling industry. Like, you know, we could compete, but this is to show respect for the man that uh, was in charge of, uh, of keeping the legendary Arena Mexico, Arena Coliseo, and the CMLL, uh, you know, doing uh, what their grandfather wanted to do, to, to have, the, you know, the Mexico uh, wrestling uh, style kept uh, in, in that fashion, right, right, yeah, that's one of those things. Um, because now I'm now I know I'm going to have to sit down uh, and uh, pull out pull out my copy of uh, Tales of Mass Men and sit around and maybe watch that uh, tomorrow. It's been a while since I've looked at that. Um, that's a I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever watched that one, Hugo? No, <clears throat> no, I have heard of it, but I haven't. Had the the opportunity. It's called uh, you got, uh, you, uh, Tales of Masked Men. Okay. So you got you've got you've got to watch that. That is that is an amazing documentary on the entire lucha industry, and that in Japan or in Mexico. Um, that one uh, Mondo Lucha is, you know, obviously is another great one. Um, so, you know, so definitely if you get a chance, watch, watch both of those. I think they're actually both on uh, Netflix um, or at least they should still be on Netflix where you can, where you can watch those. All right. I'll, I'll check it out. Sometimes it's, it's crazy because I have all the HBO, the Cinemax, we got the Netflix. I, I, I got a subscription of New Japan. Obviously I have the WWE one. And we, I just work 
you know, I do so much stuff that it usually I, I don't have the time to watch it. And I, and I have, and I have Netflix and I have all that, but sometimes it's like, okay, I got to take a flight and leave in the morning. So my wife says, you got to go to sleep. You got to go to sleep. So then yeah. you travel, well, you come back and, and then you're tired to watch it. Uh, right. Before well, you go, stuff, you go. Some of that stuff you go is actually downloadable. So you could, so you could download it and then you could, and then you could sit there and watch it on the plane while you're flying. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, 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 my favorite show is Seinfeld, and I have, uh, I, I have like my wife for my my birthday gift. I have like three different collections of Seinfeld, and I have to to put them into my uh, traveling because I, I I I like to relax watching stuff that I love. Oh um, yeah. I want to ask you one last question before uh, we pretty much wrap this up here. Um, yeah. What match are you most looking forward to at All Out that's announced? We have Adam Page versus Chris Jericho, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, Best Friends versus The Dark Order, The Lucha Brothers versus The Young Bucks in the ladder match. Wow, I, Cody- I just happened. Yeah, I did a promo for that uh, ladder match. Uh, uh, it, it's going to be airing uh, soon on the on uh, on the. Only wrestling. I did it in Arena Mexico. I mean, uh, wow, you got, there, there's like, everyone that you mentioned there has the capacity and the ability to, I mean, just do fantastic. But, uh, man, that uh, Lucha Brothers, Ladder Match, Young Bucks. I had the Young Bucks against the Hardys in one of my shows in, in Chile. And they mm-hmm. had a fantastic match. So I believe if you get the Lucha Brothers with the ladder match against the Young Bucks on on a, a, a sold-out arena with the vociferous crowd of Chicago, I think you have the ingredients of having one crazy, unforgettable uh, match uh, of the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. But like I said, any of the matches you mentioned, could be could be a, a a fantastic match. Well, and here's one yeah. that's going to be classic with the angle that they did in that brutal chair shot. It's going to be Cody versus Sean Spears, but Sean Spears is going to have a member of the uh, Four Horsemen in his corner. Tony Blanchard. And that's, yes. Tony Blanchard. Yes. Right. yes. Yeah. yeah. And like the it. video like that it. they did for that, um, I don't I don't know if, if either of you guys have seen this yet. But what they did was they did the contract signing, and so Tully made a demand because he says that, you know, Cody comes out with, you know, like 18, 20 relatives and Pharaoh and all of that. Um, I'm going to be the only one in, in uh, Sean's corner. We, I, want, I want only one person in Cody's corner. So there, So that's so – you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see who they uh, who they play off as to who's going to be in in Cody's corner. I mean, of course, a lot of you know normally it's Brandy, but uh, this time they may you know I'm 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 wondering if they might if they might pull a surprise. And speaking of surprises, um, of course, for the first TV taping, um, the uh, six man uh, with. Uh, Kenny and the Young Bucks against Chris Jericho and two mystery partners 
Of course, the uh, big rumor is that the two mystery partners will be none other than LAX. Um, now, with uh, Conan's connection with them, Hugo, are there any rumors floating around um, that they uh, might be headed down to Mexico anytime in the near future? Because I know the storylines, I, 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 cannot, I cannot talk about it. <laughs> oh, but, uh, oh, but, okay, but, folks. Uh, what he's not saying may be more important than what he is saying. <laughs> yeah. But uh, B, uh, there's going to be a lot of things, a lot of things happening, which I am, I am pretty much in favor of uh, having AAA get into more storylines, having All Elite Wrestling put on a beautiful hour show every every week with uh, good matches. Uh, and not uh, forcing you to watch too much storylines in the back of the dressing rooms or the arena, and just concentrate mm-hmm. on putting on a better show. <clears throat> I think it will force it will force Vince to uh, to give the fans more matches and less less bad stuff because right now it's a lot of stuff is not yeah. making sense. Uh, for instance, exactly. I just did my live show. I just did my live show and uh, I was commenting. Usually, I get like like anywhere from three thousand comments. I get about twenty twenty two thousand views, and we get around three thousand comments. And, and you'll be surprised. Fans are able to talk hard. What you could learn from them, and the 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 storyline would would range of the uh, stuff falling on him, and which was so bad produced. And then uh, the card storyline, and then Murphy being cornered into a lot of people don't even know who he is because they don't watch 205 Live, and then yeah. to have the big star, the big star corner him and forcing him to say about Rowan, and then when he says the name, you have like 10 seconds, a shot of uh, Brian and Rowan in the ring, and then you you go and the show is over. It is like it's been so bad, you know, storyline, and Triple uh, A will force the WWE uh, uh, Vince and the writing team to mm-hmm. put a decent product out there because that the Seth freaking Rollins uh, walking out it was the worst acting that I have seen in my life. That has not uh, whoever said. That was going to help that match because if you were only looking for him to say it, then I guarantee I'm going to beat Brock Lesnar. You did not have to put him through the bad acting. The, I mean, after what yeah. Lesnar did to him, if you cannot improve, you already did, leave it alone. I always said, if you cannot touch it, leave it alone. But bringing him out yep. there was so bad, and the way the show ended tonight. Uh, it was just so weak because you're going from Tuesday into that match on SummerSlam. It's I believe that right now what we're living today is a microwave wrestling storyline. It's no longer like let it cook. Now it's 30 seconds and we're done and let's just push for the ratings. Let's just push for uh, people talking about us and not only wrestling. So it's like uh, they lo- no longer care. And that gets me very upset because right. I am a wrestling, 
I love wrestling. I compete. I could be in a company, but I don't wish anybody else bad. I want everybody to do good because it's good for the industry. When one, when one has a bad show, it reflects on all of us. I mean, it's not just them looking bad. It makes all of us look bad, especially when it's the number one company in the world. When they look bad, I mean, it makes all wrestling look bad. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are right there. So, all right, my friend, I will uh, let you get out of here so you can get a little rest. You've uh, got another uh, crazy schedule ahead of you and that um, definitely when you do get uh, up here to this area, um, make sure you call me. I, you know, I know you're going to be busy. I don't know where my finances are, whether, you know, there'd be a way to get around to where we could get together and have some lunch or something. But, uh, you know, at least, uh, at least if we can manage to, uh, get, you know, get a little, uh, chat on the phone and that, that would be awesome. But, uh, thank you, Hugo, you take care of my friend and I will, uh, talk to you, um, real soon. All right. Thank you very much. God bless you guys. And I uh, hope that you keep, uh, you keep uh, getting bigger audiences and, uh, these are the shows that our industry needs, and I bless you guys in Jesus' name. Good night to you guys. Thank Buenas you, noches. and to you as well. Buenas noches, my friend. Oh, man, what a night. Well, somehow uh, right in the middle of that uh, last uh, few minutes, we lost Sean. So it uh, looks like I get to uh, take us out of here tonight. Um so don't forget, uh, we'll be back here uh, next Tuesday night. I don't know if uh, um, Sean and Katie will be on Wednesday or not. Um, just kind of watch the uh, Wrestling Authority radio page. Uh, of course, uh, you can find my show live from the Dean's Den on uh, Anchor Podcasts, uh, on uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, slash iTunes, uh, iHeart, all over the place, I uh, which are the same places that uh, you can find this show as well. So um, on behalf of uh, Sean and Katie, this is the Dean of Wrestling Referee, Steve Kane, saying good night. And you know what time it is. You can go where you want, but you can't stay here. Clean off your glasses, turn off the lights, and go home.
saw mother beginning.